The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Friday, September 16th, 2022, season 18, episode number 32. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and we are presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Today, we're getting you ready for Cowboys versus Bengals. That happens this Sunday, and uh, we've got a lot of really good themed, interesting topics to hit today, uh, getting you guys ready. We'll also take lots of phone calls and uh, questions from from fans. Yeah, we're going to turn Friday into a time when fans can kind of get in here and ask some questions, give us some feedback. Our number is 888-855-2297. Again, it is 888-855-2297. Nick, I need you to smile. You're on candid camera. Let's get some energy going here. Let's get I'll going. smile when you uh, – when I need to smile. Do I need to smile? Yes, all the time. Okay. Keep a smile on your face. There we go. Awesome. That was right. told me about and look, energy. And Chris gets you a nice close up. You're on camera smiling. That looks really like you're a serial <laughs> killer. But okay, so let's uh, let's let's jump in first. Um, the injury report looks pretty clean for the Cowboys, but I would like to at least start by talking a little bit Does about it. Hold on. Well, relative. Let me say this. Okay. It looks clean relative to what. <laughs> like we don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of question marks. I should okay. say. There aren't a lot of question marks as far as who's going to play versus not. We feel pretty clear on where that is. And we've known pretty much all week what that was going to look like. My question for you guys, though, is will there be any moves of, you know, obviously there's got to be some guys that have to come up. There are some guys that may go to IR. What is that looking like at this point? Well, you're right. I think everything's been kind of cleared up. Um, and you, Michael Gallup obviously is not going to play. and. We, we pretty much knew that, and that's been confirmed. And, you know, some of the other guys that are on there, um, you know, we'll, we'll see that they're going to make some moves later on. They might move some guys to IR that they've got to put, you know, um, a couple of these practice squad guys probably on the team. So they, they've got some shuffling, but as far as players that were that we don't know about, I, I can't think of anything right now that's a question mark heading into the game. Who do you guys think is the most likely or are the most likely candidates to maybe go to IR if they're going to make that kind of move? Curse. Yeah, curse would be. the Well, the thing about it's interesting with curse is when they started talk about him feeling better mm-hmm. and then you saw him with Britt Brown yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's it's, you know, I haven't, check with anybody in the organization about that because I was looking at the I was trying to figure out where Peters is going to play. That's my that's my yeah. whole thing right now. And so, but with with curse on the resistance cords this early. Yeah, that doesn't seem 4 weeks. To it? me, to, okay, you you got a lot of you've got a lot of defensive ends in this thing. So, was Basham a guy that if you needed a spot that you could Put on, uh, put on the the you know the injured list there, bring him back in four games, kind of a thing. I, Fashion, yeah. yeah, I was thinking, you know, McGovern the high ankle. Anytime you say the word high ankle around me, I'm thinking, why don't you just break it? You know, because <laughs> high ankle, 
I mean, seriously. Like I, literally have one of us break it? Or no, just no, like, okay. break it because yeah. high ankle to me is one of those. It's the it's the most unknown. It's it's the one that personnel guys fear the most. It always feels like those end up being like six weeks. Am I off on it, that? It's, you're not wrong. It's like, Depends. well, you know. Depends what the player's position is. Yeah, too. yeah. exactly. Yeah, I've seen some oh, offensive seen linemen come yeah. back earlier. Yeah, exactly. Receivers. You yeah, know. yeah. So you don't, you know, you're, you're sitting there thinking about with McGovern, you know, is high ankle for him six weeks like Derek's talking about, or is it a, oh, he can tolerate the pain and he'll be back in three, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. So if you're if you're just looking where they have position bodies. It just seems like to me that Basham would be the guy D-line. that, yeah, the D line would be the area that they might focus on. Yeah, I think there is a a bigger question mark for Cincinnati when it comes to they got in, safeties injuries. too. By the way, to his point, they got what? oh, no, as they, far as his bodies. Well, yeah, they've got bodies, and that's yeah. I understand why he brought it up, but just because of the resistance court. That's yeah, and seeing him in the locker room, he didn't seem like a four week guy. I mean, yeah. he's kind of. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about curse, curse, curse. Yeah, I'm sorry. His vocal cords are great. He's been yelling in the locker room and arguing and stuff. I like the passion. He's got some passion. There's no doubt about it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's not a month away. Let's talk about a question mark for Cincinnati. Uh, T. Higgins, uh, one of their uh, starting wide receivers, valuable to their offense. Obviously, he was limited in practice on Wednesday. Didn't practice on Thursday, but they did mention it was a non-injury, a non-illness related type thing. Uh, is there any news that you guys are hearing on that on where where he is there? But I will and, and go ahead. Yeah, no, we did a podcast last night with a reporter from Cincinnati who covers the team, and 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 he even he didn't have a real clear understanding of where that injury was. Now he's saying questionable. We'll see, but it wasn't like that. He was like, oh no, count on Higgins playing this week. So this is one going to be one of those things. Let's see if he travels on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll know a lot, of course. If he, if he doesn't travel, of course, he's not going to play. You know, but if he's having some kinds of setbacks, but I didn't get the impression that there were any setbacks for this uh, this media member we had on last night. Yeah. How much does that affect them? If he doesn't play, is that a huge deal for them, or is that one of those they still got Jamar Chase, they'll be fine. They still got other guys that are comparable and capable, they'll be fine. I kind of feel like that they'll be fine. Okay. That to me, the, the biggest concern for me about this game would be Cincinnati's skill players. You know, I think they've got enough. You know, we we talked about Hayden Hurst, the tight end, and stuff like that. How's that matchup going to take place? Uh, you know, last night they were even talking. Cincinnati drafted a kid named Dax Hill from Michigan in, in the first round, and and he only played six snaps because I asked the question of how would you take care of Dalton Schultz. You know, and, and you know, my guy last night was like, hey, you know, they, they haven't used Dax Hill yet. And this could be a deal where they use Dax Hill. So, I mean, I, my, my point is these tight ends in this game, you know, Hayden Hurst, you know, Dalton Schultz, you know, that could be the thing that we're kind of, you know, we, we talk about Chase and Lamb and guys like that, but it could be very well who can cover up the, these tight ends for these quarterbacks if things start to break down a little bit. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through the uh, kind of the game plan, what you guys expect to happen this weekend. We're going to start on the offensive side of the ball, and I'm talking Cowboys offense. Um, and we're going to go around the table. I want each of you to answer the question, what do you think will be the key to the Cowboys offensive game plan? What are the things that, that you think they're going to need to do and want to try to do this weekend in order to be able to get a win against Cincinnati? Let's start with you, Nick. Second down. They've got to be good on second down. 
first down, they're going to probably try to run it or get something safe. Uh, but what happens on second down, second and six, second and seven, second and five? Uh, that's going to be the key to this game. Because if they get penalties like they did last week or sacks or negative plays or incomplete passes and they're in third and long, then I think that's going to be a tough situation for Cooper Rush. I think this team needs to keep playing downhill, be creative, Hold on. I'm not saying they need to still be creative. They need to be creative. and Because and, after that first drive, we didn't really see a lot. I, I believe Turpin's got to get involved. I believe that they got to go wide on some things. But second down, to me, is going to be a really big uh, down and distance for this team and Cooper Rush to keep moving the chains. I think not only for this game, for but for the rest of the time being of while Dak is out, they're going to need to find a way to establish the run and make it seem like they can run the ball again so that teams can start looking at that as a threat as well and maybe open things up a little more for Cooper Rush in future games. So I think th- even if they lose this game or however the outcome is, to me it's super important that they make those plays in the running game and that they show that Zeke can run the ball, that Pollard can run the ball. So that's the key for me for the next few weeks. Here's the key question on that that I want to ask you. Uh, you say you want they need to be able to run the ball. Let's assume that they're running the ball, but they're not really getting as much. Are you saying that you think they need to stay committed to the run regardless of the outcome, or are you saying – they got to be good at it. And if they're not good at it, then they got to just move on and do whatever they think they can well, do to be successful. I think I would like to see how that looks because sometimes I think that they are not committed and that causes a problem. Mm-hmm. But then we talk about penalties, and that's something that Brian has mentioned too, how much, and we all know how much that affects the flow of the game, how you can have a good, a nice little run, and then all of a sudden you get a penalty, a callback, and then that throws you off. So two keys is figure out the penalties, try to clean up your game, and by doing so, stay committed to the run. Let it see how it actually goes because I truly don't think that they're going to be able to win many games with Cooper Rush arms. Arm. Mm, arm. One arm. <laughs> <laughs> arm. <laughs> so that's my thing. I, I, I would like to see them stay committed, even though if it's not going too yeah. well. L- let's just see. Let's just see if they pick it up. Yep. Yeah, I, I think they both have got this thing right, and especially when Nick was talking about the penalties. That, to me, that the first thing that popped in my mind, if you're committed to running, and Ambar mentioned it the right way, is that Ezekiel Elliott had a run in a game the other night where it was seven yards on first down. Mm-hmm. So you're second and three. And then Steele gets a Steel gets an emotion penalty. So it's now second and eight, and now you're throwing, throwing, and then you're off the field. Exactly. Kind of the field. See, if you're going to be committed to the run, you can't have penalties. Mm-hmm. You just can't. You mm-hmm. can't have pre-snap penalties. You can't get holding penalties. You can't make it where all of a sudden you're having success five, six, seven yards a shot running the football. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we had a holding penalty. Oh, you had a, a legal procedure penalty. Oh, you had a tripping penalty. You know, th- those are the things that throw off the rhythm to the game. You know, and I-, I think they have to be committed. I think Mike McCarthy last week in that football game when Dak was going bad should have just clicked over to Kellen Moore and say, "Keep running it, keep running it, just keep running it here. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get the quarterback back in rhythm. Just keep running it here a little bit. Let's get let's get a little momentum. Let's try and wear them down a little bit. Let's get them on their heels a little bit. You know, and it never got to that point." You know, it, it was because of the penalties. You know, you get a little momentum, and then all of a sudden you get a big penalty. 
I think that's the absolute key for this football game. If the Cowboys get nine, ten penalties offensively again, they're going to lose every single time. Yeah, yeah. They can't drive the ball and not make mistakes. That's what teams know. Mm-hmm. Teams are like, yeah, let, them, let Dallas try and drive the ball. But it's going to be for Cooper Rush to at least maybe open some things up. The run's going to have to happen. Yeah, it's kind of annoying, honestly, to, to sit here and, and talk about them try, needing to run because they have to. And and but I think that like they're not built that way. And it's like they want to be a run first team. But how many run first Smash Mouth? Te- no, I say that run first, and they want to be. I think there's a disconnect between what like Jerry and Steven and maybe Mike want to do and what Kellen wants to do because I think they like to throw it a lot. They want to, they, but they they'll say they want to run the ball, but yet they want to be a run first team with no no fullback. With with center that's pretty light in the ass, the guard that's not a, a mauler. I mean, like they want to they want to be this run team like they were six seven years ago, but they don't have the personnel to do it. And now when they really need to run, you're like, well, you really think you're just going to line up and run over people? Yeah. Who's the, who's the fullback? Who's doing it? Yeah, that's... certainly not Zeke blocking for Pollard and block, you know, and vice versa. So I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, I kind of feel like though that in. To your point, it's they, they want to be a physical team and they want to be a gritty and nasty team. Right. And they're really not built like with Ron Leary playing left guard and Tyron Smith playing left tackle. And you know, maybe Doug Free is kind of a, was a nasty type of a player. But yeah, there, there's some spots. But to me, I as much as I believed in Dak going into this game, now I want to believe in I want to believe in Ezekiel Elliott. I want to believe that okay, he is, you know, Hammer said it the best. Load him up and go. And, and I, don't, I don't have time for, you know, just whatever you have to do to move the ball with your players, do it. If it means using them too much, do it. You know, you've got yeah. to figure some things out here. But, you know, Nick's right. Do they play with grittiness? Do they play with toughness? Do they play with physicality? No, no. they don't always do that. But they talk about it. Right. They just don't have the personnel that – is it except except with the right guard? I think is you know he is he what do, he he can, he, you know, he can play either way, he can play either way. What, yeah. And what sucks is that if I'm the Bengals defensive coordinator and I'm looking all throughout this week, looking at the film, studying the opponent, I can't think of anything that would scare me from the Off, Cowboys, Cowboys offense. offense. Yeah, there's nothing that I'll be like, hmm, this guy might be a problem. We need to keep an eye on him. Like I feel like every player you can figure out a way to take him out. CeeDee Lamb, Zeke, and I'm a huge fan of Zeke, and I know his his skill and everything, but even then, like, there's literally nobody other than the only player, Zach Martin, but that's not going to ruin your game whatsoever. How accurate do you think Cooper Rush could be in this football game? How accurate do you think he could be throwing the ball? I think it'll be check down Charlie. Do you really? That's what I think. Okay, because see, the thing with, that would with scare me. Deep I was going to say, I got, I, I, I think he's going to have two or three throws that are like, like, like he did in Minnesota. Mm. Yeah. Two or three throws that are a little farther downfield that that he's going to have to hit. Yeah, and maybe right. he can hit them like he did. And I'm not certain yet whether I think he's consistent enough where I think he's going to hit all those. See, but I think he's going to have some opportunities. This is where, if you're Cincinnati, you go. The receivers were open. Mm-hmm. Quarterback was bad. That's the thing that would scare you. Yeah. That you would say, "Damn, they missed some throws." Yeah. QB missed some throws in this game. 
we got to we got to be better than that. Receivers we, we, drop some passes. Yeah, like, we we yeah. yeah exactly. So I mean, you know, the like I say, the ball that went to the flat or outside, you know, when when you had the deep over mm-hmm. that wasn't covered well, that could have been you know could have been a huge play. Some of the window throws, maybe with Noah Brown and you know and, and CD. The thing that the thing that should get their attention is, damn, they had some open guys. Mm-hmm. Quarterback just didn't get them the ball. Yeah, and then, and then oh wait, they had some drops. So. That would be the thing that would scare me. That maybe they figure it out this week. Maybe we don't get lucky and 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 let somebody run free on the deep over and they don't punish it for us. Now that's two, yeah. Two things I heard in the locker room yesterday from offensive players that the safeties on the Bengals had really loved to cheat in. Yeah, they loved to, to come up, and and that's something that I think they're going to be tested early in the game about. Yes, yeah. and, and at least at least the attempt. Yeah, yeah. and you know hopefully. You you know you use your speed. You talk about who scares you. I mean, you're right. Nobody really scares you, but speed always scares you. And I mean, that's something the Cowboys. That's why I keep saying I keep harping on it. I'm not saying Turpin is the next Tyreek Hill, but he's he's the fastest guy you've got. You need some juice on offense. You got to use him, even yeah. if you don't put the ball in his hands. That speed, we saw it. I mean, the yeah, longest run was defense, that, yeah. and he didn't even touch the ball, but yeah. just he was there. It was I a think, threat. It, yeah. it paralyzed the yeah. linebacker there yep. too. So I, I think you're right about the deep shots. If they're going to cheat, the, if they're going to cheat the safeties up to take to try and take some things away, maybe in the running game, you got to take a shot or two because if, if you know. The, the the pass interference penalty is huge. huge. What if, if we've seen Cheeto not find the ball? Mm-hmm. Eli Apple, we've seen him not play oh, very yeah. well. Every, every time I say something like that, I'm like, why do these? Why do they let him get away with this? Mm-hmm. Why do they not challenge people that at times can't play? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing where I say, hey, you know, if if you want to go max protection, keep everybody in and take a vertical shot, do it. Because you you know somebody's going to get tied up down there. Mm-hmm. You know we didn't have the pass interference calls. I let them play the other night. Yep. Who knows this week? It might be a whole different situation. I'll take forty eight yards of free offense on the first play of a game. That you know? scares me on the other side because Jamar Chase and yeah. Oh no. <laughs> and oh Brown, no. No no. It's, you're you're absolutely right. Kind of grabby over there. Sometimes. No no. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, but Cooper Rush though, I know this sounds kind of weird because it's a deep throw, but sometimes the safe throw is a deep throw, especially mm-hmm. for him. I think he's comfortable doing that more than he is throwing a 22 yard in over yeah. the middle. Deep sideline, incomplete, or maybe catch or PI. Yeah. I think he, he'll do it. I think that's a comfort throw for him. But I think we'll see it a lot more. All right, we're going to take our first break. We're going to come back. We got already got a phone call lined up. We'll get to that. We'll also get to some other questions that we have already submitted through Twitter. We'll be back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. 
Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Lil Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Lil Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts to find the perfect lens for you. See more, do more with Essilor. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment brought to you by blockchain.com. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got a call. 888-855-2297 is where you can call if you want to have if you have a question or comment. Uh, we're going to take a call right now from Darian. I think Darian's out in Houston. What's up, Darian? Hey, how's it going, guys? Love Good. the work y'all do. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Hey, uh, real quick. I've noticed Dak's biggest success has come when he had a receiver like Beasley or Cedric Wilson that maybe wasn't the best but had like that chemistry with them. And we don't have that. And I feel like it's due to the, the team's need to kind of be the smartest people in the room. Um, with the wide receiver position, I know McCarthy said that they put a lot on Tolbert's plate. Uh is is he just not ready? Is he hurt, or or is he playing Sunday? Also, Nick, he's got an ass. I'll hang up and listen. Okay. okay. <laughs> Still don't know who we were talking about or who I was talking about that day. I really don't know. No, I don't either. Can't figure it out. Um, because <laughs> um, he's got an ass. Yeah. <laughs> he does, but I don't know. Anyways, um, everybody's got a theory on that. Well, I mean, you kind of lost me when you said Beasley or Cedric Wilson. I mean, it's just a different guy. I guess a slot guy. A, a, I mean, because they're, they're different. That's a different player. Yeah. I think his, his point basically was about the chemistry. The chemistry with yeah, and does he have any chemistry with any of these receivers? Yeah. You know? Tol- Tolbert, I, it didn't sound like Tolbert was going to play. It didn't sound like Tolbert has jumped anybody no. in what McCarthy was saying uh, last, yesterday. So. I don't know. I, I don't think I don't think he's he's not ready yet. And you know they they thought he would be. And I guess they feel like Dennis Houston is better. And uh, Simi Fajoko, um, I haven't se- I haven't seen that. You know, honestly, just watching practice. I mean, I I just think they're all like I said, they're all number five receivers. I throw them all out there. But it, it comes down to special teams, really, yeah. uh, on who they're most comfortable with playing. Yeah, no, I think you're right about that. That you know with. 
the things that happened with Tolbert while we were in camp, and you guys were there a lot longer and got to see the practices more than I did when they were working against the other teams, I felt like there was just so much struggle. I felt like he was fighting the ball. I felt like he was fighting to get into routes. And, and you know, was he caught in between extending for his hands or body catching the ball? And But when they got back to the star, I felt like he was making some progress. I felt like there were some practices where he was better. And but there was there was just so much, you know, and, and they made a really, really big deal about Houston. And there were things about Houston that I didn't see what they were talking about. And but it but it was it was about route running. Mm-hmm. It was about knowing positions. I think I think if 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 Tolbert had come in here and picked up everything quickly and been able to move around and adjust, I think he would have addressed before Houston would have. But they they the coaches, as I've said before, they want to. They want to go with what the, the known. And for them, they knew that Tolbert was struggling with the offense and didn't have the confidence uh, that they they needed for him to dress. And I think that was the biggest issue. All right, let's go to some phone uh, some questions that we have uh, from some fans from Twitter. Dallas Smith, his question is: most important player and or position group to Cooper's success on Sunday. What do you guys think? Say it again. The most, what is the most important player or position group in order for Cooper to have success on Sunday? Well, yesterday I asked the question, who do you guys felt was kind of the guy he had most chemistry with? And y'all mentioned Noah Brown. Right. And I think that's a fair mention. So I would be looking at him a lot, but I think that tight end, that's a position that I feel it's going to be important because even though I know and I've seen, we've seen Cooper Rush be able to make some long, deep throws, I think he's going to need the help that's closer to him. So the tight end position is going to be a position that he's going to have, or I'm going to kind of assume and expect him to have to rely more on either Dalton Schultz or maybe if they throw in there Jake Ferguson as well. So that would be tight end position and then a guy like Noah Brown. Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't think any of those guys can do anything if the offensive line isn't helping him. I mean, he's just not – Cooper Rush is not a guy that's going to kind of create his own play and run for his life and maybe throw on the run. I just think it's got to start with with those – you know, I'd just say like that left side, those two young players. I mean – Farniok's never started a game. It looks like he's going to have to do it. Tyler Smith, they got some really good players on that other side. Everything you want, you know, everything we want this team to be built strong, tough, nasty, gritty, all that, that's what the Bengals' defense is. Mm -hmm. That's what they are. They're a lunch pail-type team. So those guys are going to have to come to play over there. I mean, so I'm going to say the left side of the line, the whole line, but the left side for sure. Yeah, Nick's absolutely right. I think you you have to – you can't let Trey Hendrickson – Rex shop in this game you know you can't let him have a three and a half sack game you know and because you know with Cooper Rush you know protecting the ball in the pocket you know who knows if if he starts thinking too much and then all of a sudden he gets hit ball comes flying out ball's now in the Dallas 38 yard line going in you know those are the things you but you know Tyler Smith is going to have to play I think another really solid game if I could focus on somebody other than a player I think Kellen Moore is going to have to help him in this game I really do. I think the way that Kellen and the offensive coaches tailor the game plan, don't go away from something that's working for Cooper Rush. Mm -hmm. Don't be creative to the point where, okay, we have to figure out how do we get Pollard the ball now. I mean, in a way of of double reverses or whatever, kind of pick and choose how you do it. But 
try and find some things in this football game early, especially that Cooper's, you know, good confident pass. You know, that Dalton Schultz, another good confident pass. Oh, a Zeke five-yard run. Kind of find things and then mark those on your on your call sheet as the things you can kind of come back to. Until the Bengals stop them, I just keep running plays that work for Cooper Rush. Mm-hmm. Players are huge. Coaching matters in some of these games, and you got a guy that has won a game in the NFL as a starter. He's got that confidence. At least they know he can do it. You know, so that's what I would say. It's actually interesting. You mentioned Kellen Moore. Uh, Mike McCarthy in his press conference today mentioned uh, Kellen Moore and said that uh, one of the things he said was he thinks they have to be smarter in their play calling and that he's been a little more involved this week in, yeah, there in you some go. of that preparation. There which you go. I, that's something, honestly, I've been wanting from him more and more is, like, this is a guy that has a lot of experience and some success, some real success as a play caller in this league. So if you got a guy who is younger, which Kellen, we forget sometimes how young he really is in his mm-hmm. coaching career. Uh, you got a guy that's a little younger. He's having some issues sometimes. Maybe having that experience of Mike McCarthy kind of infusing a little more into it. I think that's one of the values you got from hiring him. So get, go, go give it to the team. One of the experiences I had when I was in Green Bay, and it was a long time ago. I'm sorry I'm being an old story here. But Mike Holmgren would have problems sometimes calling. He'd, he'd get in a rut, and he would turn it over to an Andy Reid where he'd turn it over to another coach to call a series or two mm-hmm. just to kind of reset what was going on. Make him rethink things. Make yeah. him rethink yeah. things. And I, like I, 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 you know, I appreciate the fact that Mike wants to jump in and help. I, I really do. I mean, Mike, you know, in Green Bay, say what you want, he had a great quarterback and all that. But he, is a, he was a play caller for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you sit on the sidelines, you're watching, and you're going, if it was me right now, this is what I would do. And you know, and as a head coach, you have that ability to click over and tell him, "Hey, listen, young coach, <laughs> yeah. right now you need to think about this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm about to I'd go for. I'm going to go for it here. So have two plays ready, you know, and just kind of be involved in it that way. And maybe he does. I don't hear everything that goes on with a headset, but I, I think Mike being more involved could absolutely yeah. help Kellen yeah. more. If the Bengals take a 13 play, 84 yard drive down the field and score, I mean. That's what it, I don't know if Kellen Moore is thinking. Hey, we gotta we gotta get a couple first downs at least, and, yeah. and kind of get our defense. Right. But go. that's where Mike McCarthy's got to do that. And say, yeah. hey, I mean, our, understanding I, the I game. Just, I just yeah. saw Mike Parsons. He's gassed. You were over here talking to Cooper Rush, which is what you're supposed to be doing. But this defense is gassed, and I don't want to have to call two timeouts the next time because you know. So let's 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 get the play clock down a little bit. Let's run the ball. The really good coaches know the condition of their team. And I, I'm giving the giants some credit for what they did against Tennessee. Brian Dyball, the coach, he's like, I can't send my defense. I got to end this game right now. Two point. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati the other day could have ended the game against Pittsburgh after you know driving through the, the, you know, Pittsburgh was on their heels. Yeah. Sometimes you have to, uh, your university of Texas program, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you have to know the condition of your team yeah. in order to get the win. And sometimes coaches don't do that. Yep. All right. Uh, speaking of Tennessee, let's actually go to the phone lines. We've got a call from Bob out of Nashville, Tennessee. Bob, what up? Hey, y'all. Hey, great show. Thank Love you. your show. Thank you. Hey, um, and I, I completely agree about running, maybe some short passes, Dinkin and Duncan, to help get the offense moving, getting some first downs. But just as a general question, it seems like our philosophy – over the years has been really reluctant to go deep. And I'm with Nick on this. I think every once in a while we need to send somebody on a nine route and just, you know, back the defense off a little bit, which might open some things up for our receivers. I mean, are you seeing that as well? 
Uh, I know the fans seem to think that, but uh, just want to ask that question. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I've said it for years. Um, you know, I, I, I want You've always that guy. asked for speed. I always wanted that speed guy. You always want the speed guy. Because, yeah. because in my mind, it's not a 50-50 ball. It's, it's not. And I'm talking about being at the 30-yard line, throwing it deep to the other 30, let's say. That's a 40-yard play. It's not 50-50. I think it's a, there's a 30% chance he can catch it. There's a 30% chance it could be incomplete. And you could probably get, an, you know, the other 40% is a PI. Yeah. So it's more than 50-50 that you can have the ball down there. And I, and then then not to mention the other things it does. Pushes them back. Shows the threat. Opens up the running game a little bit. Uh, chance for a big, big plays. All that. So, yeah, I don't think they do it a lot. I agree. I don't think it's part of the game. It may not be part, Dak's favorite thing. I mean, we've seen Dak throw it and, 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 and connect, but – um, it's also about playmakers to go get it. You know, not always open. It's not just having them beat at the line of scrimmage and just drop it in there. You got to get the guy to go up and make the play. Well, they finally gave you the guy that has that pure game speed. Now we can see if they can actually incorporate. He's going to have to run game. by them. He's yeah. not going up to make the catch on yeah. someone. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, but that, but that's what he has. I think he has that kind of ability. We saw what was that against? I think it was when, when they were practicing against Chargers. Sandy yeah, against Chargers yeah. against L.A. Uh, where he went downfield and he just. Flat out just outran the guy. I mean, just yeah. completely outran him. And I think that's what you want to see is give him some opportunities. Let's see if he can do that on Sundays yeah. against yeah. some of these better cornerbacks in the league. Your best guy will do that next Monday night against the Giants. Michael Gallup, that ability to go down, to mm-hmm. contort his body, go get it, toe tap on the sideline. Yeah. You, you didn't think there's any way that he was going to catch it, and somehow he comes down with the ball. That's, you, you, But Nick's right. They've never had that, that guy that just – Takes the top off, as they say, that can go vertically that way. Yeah, Randall. <laughs> Randall. Yeah. Four one nine. Yeah. All right. Here we go. We're gonna take our final break. Come back. We got more questions. Uh, we line them up. You guys keep calling us. Eight 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 five five two two nine seven. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. 
Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to the break. Come out to the star on October the 2nd when the Cowboys are taking on the Washington Commanders. You can bring your kids to the first game day minicamp presented by Invisalign. From 1130 to 3.30, the kids can come out and be there with former NFL players, getting some instruction there on the field. Star District here, you had a chance to go to the restaurants, parents do, while the kids are out there on the field during the game. Register your footballer for camp. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash academy. Welcome back. Final segment of the break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. We've got about, I don't know, about eight, ten minutes somewhere in there left in the show. we got a few questions we're going to try to get through, and we're also going to get some predictions here from the crew. Last week it was a it was across the board. Everybody picked the Cowboys. We'll see what it looks like <laughs> this week in week two. Uh, but you guys stay tuned for that. Let's go back to the phone lines. We do have a call from uh, Kevin in Uniontown, Ohio. Kevin, what up? Good, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. I've got a quick question. Um, if And we all know it's going to happen. We just don't know what went in the game when Kellen Moore stops running the ball and just goes 100% pass and Will Mike McCarthy actually step in to stop that, and does he have the ability to do that, or somebody else up above prevents him from doing that? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Okay. Can I can I say something real quick? Because I, I had a I had somebody else say this to me. It was a, a friend of mine that was like, "Man, I think Jerry's just up in the in, the, in his thing, just talking to the coach and in the coach's ear." Let's be clear, guys, and I just need everybody to understand like the logistics of that. It is against league rules for anybody up there to be able to have communication with people on the sideline during an NFL game. It's not possible. So you can say what you want to say. If you want to believe that Jerry's in the meetings during the weeks and telling coaches what they can and can't do, by all means, believe what you want to believe. What I'm telling you is it is against league rules for Jerry to have conversations on the sideline during the game or anybody else. Will can't call down to the sideline. Will right. Will uh, McClay can't call down to the sideline. That's It's against league rules. You can't do it. So let's just be clear on that part of it. What do you guys think about what he said, though? Well, he also asked about if can you know does Mike McCarthy have the power to do that? And yes, he does, and I think it sounds like he's he's going to to yeah. try to do that. Good. Don't don't rule rule out one more thing about this too. This is Dak, you know, the, the offense. He's very comfortable, and sometimes there's a run. He can check out to a pass, and so it's not always McCarthy. I mean, uh, Kellen Moore. Moore. I mean, right. sometimes the quarterback plays a role into that as well. But, I mean, one way or another, I think they're going to run the ball more. I don't think it's – like you said, it's not going to be coming from the top. It's just it's something that, <laughs> that they're going to be doing here. Uh, but it's got to work. Let, yeah. You know, you can't just run the ball for no gain in the second and ten and then run it again for one and it's third and nine and be like, well, they got away from the run. I mean, you got to move the chains. You just hope that you can run it effectively. Yeah, the thing about it is if you, if you have some success – don't go away from it. And I think Mike will subtly remind 
you know, Kellen, like, hey, you know, mark that one. That's a good one. Mark that one. It's a good call. You know, and, you know, but you don't want to get in the way of a, a play caller while he's going, while he's, you know, you maybe can encourage. I've seen guys on the sidelines, you know, encourage, hey, keep going, keep going. You know, hey, I'm, 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 we're getting something here in the running game going. You know, the line coaches, the line coach gets with the court, uh, with the coordinator, you know, between, uh, between series and says, hey, these three runs, we can get them on. Go go to one of these three runs. Mike could be right there and encourage him. Like, listen, you guys got two runs we can do. Let's just figure out two runs here. And if we're good at these two runs, but you got to have to kind of search around until you find what works. And that's what I want them to do. If they're finding stuff that works, whether it's throwing the football or running the football, stick with that. Don't don't deviate. If you got some guys that are getting some good feel, the quarterbacks in a little bit of rhythm, play callers in a rhythm, receivers are in a rhythm. Go, nothing wrong with that. Make the Bengals have to stop you from doing that. Don't be searching all over the game plan to try and find something else to run. Yep. If let's you're get having a, sec, go for it. Let's get a question from Steve N. He says, do you consider Terrence Steele a bigger concern right now than left tackle? Than left tackle? Yeah. I have all along. You have. You've been saying that since last yeah, week, even I, before yeah, the week yeah, one game. I, yeah. yeah, I mean, and and again, uh, you know, 105.3, the fan on our afternoon show, the G-Bag Nation, I – when we talk about the team, I generally talk about the the deficiencies I think you have at the right tackle spot. I think he can run block. I don't think he can pass block well enough. That's my issue with him. I, I The concerns, I saw enough of the left tackle in college to kind of have an idea that he was going to. I, I felt like in my heart that he his demeanor, the way he prepares, his toughness, I felt like he was going to be fine. It's the right tackle that's always been the worry to me. You know... <laughs> I hate when I've been kind of supportive in a way, like, oh, no, I trust this guy. That's what, You know, <laughs> and, and then, you know, crap happens. They betray your trust. <laughs> no, but I really had trust in, in Terrence Steele, and I really thought he was not going to be the problem. If there was a problem, he was not necessarily going to be the one creating the problem for mm-hmm. you. And I'm interested to see what's going to happen when – Oh my God, I'm Jason blanking Peters. out Peters. When he comes back into the mix, how they're going to reshuffle things. And if McCarthy is going to get to the point where, okay, we have no tolerance anymore for mis- mistakes like those, and you're going to take a seat on the bench, and now we're going to replace your position because there have been two like different instances where we've seen them kind of stick to their guy, and this is what we got, this is what we're doing, and then we come here every week, critique it, and no changes happen. But we also saw it last year when with different guys, Lyle Collins, they took him out, set him down. Connor Williams, I think there was a moment at one point where they took him out as well. Several weeks, yeah. Yeah, so I just hope that this is the – we're at the point where there's very, very little room for tolerance in that level. You cannot be making mistakes. We're here to play football, and you are at a point where your team – cannot afford those kinds of things, especially with the, your quarterback yeah. out. We had Brian Baldinger on from the NFL Network on our station yesterday, and he was saying there's no way that Jason Peters plays anything other than left tackle. Mm-hmm. So I was like going, oh, okay. And so now we're trying to figure out, watch him, he's going to play right tackle. But yeah. there's a lot of people in the league believe that he is a left tackle. That's what he is. And so they'll have to figure out, do they kick Smith back inside, and do you have a good, nice, powerful left side of the – 
the the uh, offensive line to run, help da- uh, help the quarterback Dacker Cooper with protection inside. So and I would hate for a rookie for you to keep moving a rookie around. I mean, poor guy. I spent all the the training camp trying to figure out okay, which one's gonna be my position. You got some talks and. Now, let's say Peter Zuss come mm-hmm. in and then they keep him left. Yeah. Like, what? I just, I can't, it, poor, it's not good to do that to him. Well, you know, Ricky, yeah, basically. The one thing I'll say, though, is throughout training Got camp, Tolbert. he never really <laughs> displaced McGovern. Like, yeah. He never really took McGovern's job. They continued to have McGovern running out there with yeah. the ones the most majority of the time. Yeah. And so it does make me wonder if he's just better suited as a left tackle. And that's what he's good at because last week he looked pretty good to me. Um, and so it makes me wonder if they're going to move him. Do they say, hey, let's try him at right tackle. Maybe he's just a tackle. Maybe he's a better tackle than he is a guard. And maybe he can adapt better to being on the right side at tackle than the left. Now, Mike has been very clear throughout training camp and even said some more about it today. You know, with a young guy, sometimes you really just kind of keep him on the – you want to keep him on the same side. They've always called him a left-side player. Yeah, so he's a left-side player. So so from that standpoint, that flies in the face of him being the one that moves over to the right. So they may be saying, at the end of the day, we're going to deal with Terrence Steele being our right tackle because we're going to keep this guy on the left side and either he's going to stay at tackle and we're just going to hold Peters on the sideline or we'll kick him in the guard and put Peters at, at tackle and, and here we are running that way, you know. All right. We're at the end of the show. Let's hear what you guys have to say about this upcoming matchup, Cowboys versus Cincinnati Bengals this Sunday. Amber, let's start with you. What's your prediction? I believe in miracles. <laughs> but this is not the week for a miracle. <laughs> I don't, I, you I, said that for the Rams game with Dak playing, something yeah, like that? Yeah. yeah. Um, I just, you know, I, I just – I can't picture it. I cannot picture them because so many different elements that were going wrong last week. Now you don't have that game. I've seen Cooper Rush be capable. We've all seen it. him be capable to win a game. But I just don't think that the offense is going to be able to pull it all together in just one week. They're going to have some issues. I do think that you're going to have to rely a lot on Brent Maher kicking some field goals and scoring that way. The defense is going to be playing hard, and I do think they'll be able to help your offense, but it's just not going to be enough. Cowboys lose at home week two. Um, I would say something like 25-15 or something like that. Okay. Brian? Yeah, I am not from the state of Missouri, but I still need you to show me. And... uh, (laughs) Yeah, I, I just think it's going to be. I, I I like Amber. I want to believe, and I you know if if you do get everything that we've talked about, a Mike McCarthy helped program. If they do find some plays to hang their hat on, maybe have some success. Now, I think it's going to be difficult. I think that I think the Cincinnati defense, or excuse me, Cincinnati's offense presents a lot of problems, but I think the Dallas defense is pretty good. I I got Cincinnati winning this one, twenty three thirteen. Okay. Well, I got him. I've got him making the extra point, Brian. So I've got I have twenty three fourteen, um, and I'm I'm kidding. You yeah. probably have a couple of field goals, but I, yeah. I picked on the radio this morning twenty three fourteen uh, Bengals. I I think like Brian said, I think the offense for Cincinnati is even more explosive. Um, and I'm not sure you said that, but you do think they're going no, to no, they they're skill guys. You're yeah, absolutely right. They're yeah. they're, they're yeah. going to be a yeah. little bit more of a problem. And I think the Cowboys' offense will play better, but I don't think they'll play. 
that much better. And, you know, it's just, it's just like you said, you got to show me and, you know, and we're from Texas and, and yeah. we're the Lone Star State. And right now, Micah Parsons is really like the Lone Star on this team. And, and he's got, I don't know if he's got enough to carry him. So yeah. I'm going to say Cincinnati. I, I, I won't be shocked if the Cowboys hang in there and play better and maybe have a chance, but it doesn't look good right now. Yeah, I'm about as optimistic as anybody on this show, and I just have a hard time thinking they're going to go from last week where they played an offense that was probably tougher um, and and a defense that, that you know, you look at what Cincinnati was doing, their run defense is equally as good, if yeah. not maybe even better. Who knows? Uh, but looking at all that, it's hard for me to think that after you get the production you got last week that you're going to come in this week against that t- this team and you somehow are going to play better without your starting quarterback. That just seems hard. I can't find a way to that answer. So for me, I just I, I, I hope they prove me wrong, but I just don't see how it happens. Uh, but I do, I will tell you this, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think this defense is going to step it up. And as good as this offense is, good as the skill players are, I think Dallas's defense is going to hold them even under what they held Tampa Bay. I think they're going to come out with an effort that's like, if it's on us, it's going to be on us. And I think that's how they're going to respond. I think they end up losing, though, but I think it's a close game, 13-9. Mm. Uh, I think they're going to they're going to shut this offense down as much as you possibly can with an offense like this. Be a couple plays here and there, but by and large, I think the defense will play really well. All right, appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back on Monday. We'll tell you what went right and wrong for the Cowboys. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, and Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!